our service. Well, praise the Lord. Let me uh, direct your attention uh, this morning to Proverbs chapter 27. Uh, each of these Wednesday morning messages, I have worked to try to find something, to put something together, to uh, draw out something that will speak to the circumstance that we find ourselves in today. And I think this is, uh, this is certainly one of those messages. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be here with us. Proverbs chapter 27. I I'll be there in just a moment, but let me set it up this way. How many of you know, and, and certainly in this, in this service with those that would tune into this, um, as, you, as you pass through uh, more and more years of life, perspectives change. And many of you have lived through events that touch the whole world, but there are also a lot of people in our society who haven't. This is the first time they have ever lived through something that would impact the entirety of the world or most of the world. Uh, those of you that have can certainly understand how the statement that I'm going to make is true. Here's the statement. Life may never be the same again. Those of you that are old enough to have lived through the events of World War II, uh, uh, December 7th, 1941, you will forever be touched by that event. Your life will never be like it was before that. It did change. And the events of this pandemic that we're going through have certainly made a mark upon our world that we will never return completely to the place that we were before. Uh, I think all of us, even the youngest of those that might be watching, remember the events of, no, of uh, November or of September the 11th and the World Trade Centers. Um, and the Pentagon that were uh, attacked that day and our, our world forever changed from those events. Uh, much of how we think and much of how we act in this country uh, were forever changed by those events and the same will be true because of the coronavirus. And yet, the events of September the 11th, the events of uh, December 7th, the events uh, that were set in motion because of the pandemic that we're enduring now uh, did not affect God's kingdom and its work. There are things that will forever be changed and there are things that can never be changed. Aren't you glad for that? There are some things that will always be shifting and be moving and there are some things that will, well, by definition, change. Our lives, as we pass through them, will change. But there are also, and that's some of the wonderful aspects of God's kingdom, there are some things that never change. Amen? With that in mind, and while those things don't speak to this scripture directly, I need you thinking that way as we read Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1. Read it with me. It says this. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Solomon says this under God's inspiration, and what he said has once again been brought vividly clear to people all around the world. Uh, if we go back six months, none of us had any idea that we would be where we are today. You might be tempted to wring your hands, oh my goodness, it's terrible, it's so, it's so... Uh, but listen, none of this was a surprise to the Lord. Amen? 
And none of us knows what tomorrow will bring. Any tomorrow, any day that we live in, we don't know what the next day will bring. And while it may feel like, for those of you who have not lived through an event like this, that, oh my goodness, life has, oh, some aspects of my life have ended, I want you to know that that's just not true. While things will certainly perhaps never be exactly the same, while they may not be exactly what they were, they will be. God's still got a plan, amen? For some, it's the first time in their lives that they realize that tomorrow may be different than what they thought it would be. For some of you, you've been surprised by a lot of tomorrows that didn't turn out like what you thought, amen? Come on, it's amazing to me how small our perspective is, how small a period of time. It does grow some but we still very much have a tendency to judge the quality of our life based upon the five minutes that just transpired. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's wonderful. But let's all be honest. There have been a lot of tomorrows that were different than the way that we envisioned them being. And in fact, that's exactly what God's Word says that it will be. Do you begin to get an idea of how much better it is to live in accordance with God's Word instead of the newspaper headlines or the, or the most urgent news story that the media is reporting? God has always promised us. He's always warned us against boasting about tomorrow because we simply don't know what tomorrow will hold. Let me ask you a couple of questions out of that. And just to, just to create, a, a, I'm certainly not belittling the severity or the impact or trying to mitigate anybody's suffering that these events occurred, but did the passengers who boarded those four fatal airlines on September 11th even consider that their time on this earth was over? No, they had plans. In fact, they were going somewhere because they had plans. Did any of the workers in any of the trade centers or the Pentagon have similar thoughts? Did any of them realize that they would not see their families again? Uh, I have had several opportunities to be in Pearl Harbor and have ridden the boat over and been in literally right over the top of the USS Arizona. Did any of the some 1,400 sailors that died that day on the Arizona, none of them thought that they wouldn't have another day. They all had plans on that Sunday. They all expected that there would be a Monday for them, but there weren't. Their, their days on this earth, at least, were over. Those questions are not just rhetorical statements made for effect in the face of tragedy. Rather, they point us towards an important truth from the Scripture. What is that? Not one of us knows what a single day will bring forth. I don't know what the rest of this day holds. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. It's what? Uh, it's 1059. I don't know what 11 o'clock will hold. And neither do you. We are simply not promised even another second or minute or hour or day or week or month or year or decade. We're not promised any of that. What does that then leave us with? What does it leave us with? It leaves us with right now. Right now. Right now is what we have. We easily forget Psalms 39 verse 5 that says, each man's life is but a breath. Or that life is something that, according to Job chapter 14 verse 2, springs up like a flower and withers away like a fleeting shower, shadow that does not endure. 
This is not a, a defeated, gloomy worldview, but rather it's the only attitude, as the Apostle James wrote, that is proper before the Lord. Listen to what James said in James chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. James says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is... You boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. Well, Pastor Roy, that, that's sort of sad. It's sort of, that's sort of melancholy what you're saying. No, it's not. I am promised and you are promised that in the right... Now, first of all, we're promised that the Lord is going to be with us forever. Our lives don't really end. All of these scriptures are speaking about our physical life and we don't know that we will be here tomorrow via either the grave or the rapture of the church, we're simply not promised even the next moment. The Lord could have come at 11 o'clock and we would have been gone. We, we spend so much time and so much energy worrying about what will happen somewhere in our future that sometimes we miss out on the wondrous plan of God in the right now. We're so worried about what coronavirus is going to do. We're so worried about when school will start. We're so wrapped up in is this true or is that true or who's got the right perspective or is this all a political deal or is it all great? I mean, first of all, I, me and you, I can, the one thing I do know is that we don't know. And most of those people, the talking heads in the media, I don't think they know either. But what I do know is that you and I serve a God who does know and he has told us from a source, hallelujah, much more reliable than the media, much better than the internet, much more than any of the pundits that are talking exactly what's coming. His kingdom's coming. His kingdom's coming to earth. His church is going to be established and the gates of hell will never prevail against it. One day, this flesh is going to shed this corruptible existence and we're going to put on an incorruptible body those things I know why because I know whom I have believed in and I am persuaded I'm not persuaded about NBC or ABC or CNN or Fox I'm not persuaded by the Republicans or the Democrats and neither should you be but I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed again uh, to him against that day what day the day of his coming that stuff I no, and so do you. I've never been promised tomorrow, and neither have you. But we are promised an eternal kingdom, an eternal power, an eternal existence in his presence of his kingdom. There will be no end. I'm not promised tomorrow. My life is not going to be forever, this physical life, but I am going to live in a kingdom forever we used to say something thinking about what James said in James chapter 4 there we used to have this this country saying this this country sort of countryfied you know country boy I don't know that we really said it a lot but we said it in reference to those that used to say it do you remember this we would say the Lord willing and the what remember Lord willing and the creek don't rise some of you city folks you don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> 
we used to go places, and there were places, even when I was a young boy, one place that we lived particularly, we had to cross a low-water bridge. Uh, in fact, I have a big scar across this left knee where uh, the biggest injury I've ever endured, I was on a bicycle riding down a huge hill, and at the bottom of that was this low-water bridge. If you don't know what that is, it's a concrete or a wooden structure that when the water comes up, it flows over it or it flows over it all the time. And when the, when the creek would rise, you couldn't cross that bridge. You couldn't go where you were going. It wasn't a bridge that allowed the rushing water to go under it when any rise in the water would make the bridge impassable. So if you were going to go somewhere, I, hey, I'll see you tomorrow if the Lord is willing and the creek don't rise and keep me from getting to you. And there was this sort of expectation that there would be things that might prevent us from doing what we thought we were going to be doing. I can remember a time when that phrase was heard. And, and yet today, certainly among some people, we live as if there is an unending stream of tomorrows and we live with the expectation that nothing should be allowed to deviate us from what we want to do. My plans, my goals, my kingdom, my wants, my schedule my agenda or yours and yet we must realize and I think sometimes things like this that we're living through now what I've entitled a forced Sabbath we were all made by the Lord to slow down and to take stock and to do some things that we used to you know my wife and I have recently sat on the front porch a lot in the evenings just sat and watched people going by. It's something that I think society used to do a lot. We've eaten almost all of our meals in the evenings at home. It used to not be uncommon for me to not get home till 6, 6.30, have counseling appointments. We're not doing any of that. I get home every night and we have dinner together every night. Things have changed. We may not we may not be able to live like there's an unending stream of tomorrows like many people do. We must, however, realize the Lord's sovereign hand in the direction of our lives. The only day that we know we have is today. Yesterday is gone. And through the scriptures, we clearly see that we have no guarantee of tomorrow in our physical life here. Therefore, whatever we feel is most important and whatever we purpose to accomplish... We better start doing that today. Why did I prepare this? Because I hear a lot of people saying like this. You know, when things get back to normal, we're going to, you know, when, when we're able to meet together again, we're going to, you know, when the church all comes back, we're planning to, what, what's the, I've, I've noticed some of the things people are posting. What, where's the first restaurant you're going to go to when you can, when things, all right, well, what if you don't get that day? I'm not, once again, trying to discourage you. I'm trying to get you to do this. Whatever you think you really need to do, whatever you think is most important, whatever you think is most significant, whatever thing you think the Lord has called you to be and to do, you better get on and start doing it today. Quit waiting for some, some sort of ethereal, make-believe moment out there. Start it now. What is it that you should be doing? Do it now. Get on about 
the work of the kingdom now. Whatever God's called you to become, if there's something you're supposed to achieve, if there's someone you're supposed to extend forgiveness to, what are, what are you waiting on? Do it now. In all the years that I have been in the ministry and have tried to lead people into biblical truth, there have been two huge obstacles, or obstacles, I don't know what an optical is, yeah, optical lens, but obstacles blocking their progress. Two things that people refer to most often, both of them having to do with time. What are those two? The past and the future. Many people are paralyzed by the past. What happened back then? What someone once did to hurt them? What inequity of life befell them? The problem is that these things are gone and you can't do one thing to change or to rewrite that history. So many of you are still bound by what happened. You won't do something for fear that you'll suffer the same fear that you or the same pain that you experienced in your past. You don't become something that God has called you to be because of what someone did for some of you 30 years ago, 40 years ago. You're still identified by that moment. You're locked, you're frozen in it. We must get past these past hurts and allow Christ to heal the pain or we will never live in today like we should. So some of you are paralyzed by the past, but some of you are paralyzed by the future. That's the thing that I see people paralyzed with most often today. Oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? When's it going to happen? When's it going to lift? And listen, I'm not making light of the incredible struggle that some of you are going through, but you're paralyzed by the future. Anxiety and fear about what might happen tomorrow keeps you frozen. You're sitting in neutral waiting for some guarantee of something. And can you please remember that you're not guaranteed that tomorrow. And if there's something that you need to do or be, you need to do it now. You need to be that thing now. Jesus clearly told us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. We must spend our time in today. God wants us to live today. That's why Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, give us, when he taught them to pray, give us today our daily bread. There, there was no, and give us tomorrow's stuff. The only day that you can hear God's voice in is today. Scripture warns us in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. The only day you can encourage another believer to stay true to Christ is today. That's what Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13 tells us when it says, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. When Israel failed through unbelief to enter into God's rest, the scripture tells us that God chose another unique day when people who trusted him could experience the fullness of his promise. It wasn't a Saturday, it wasn't a Sunday, or any other day of the week. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 7 says, Therefore God again set a certain day, calling it today. <laughs> what are you waiting on? Do it today. Today is the day of salvation. It's the only day that you can trust in God. Today is the only day I can witness for Christ. Today is the only day that I can pray for deliverance. Today is the only day I can give. Today is the only day that you're going to get to love someone. You can't love them yesterday, and you may not love them tomorrow. Love them now. Quit withholding your love. Go ahead and give it now. 
Today is the day I can get involved in God's work. Today is the day I can love someone else with an unconditional love. Today is the only day you can express your love and appreciation to your spouse, to your children, to your neighbor, to someone. Do it today. Let me close with this. There's a great power in living in today. There's a great power lever that mountains can be moved by if you'll begin to live now. There's a great ability that comes if you can focus your mind on living in today. You want to know what it is? I'll leave you with this. Almost all of your problems hinge on the past. We frame up what really is a problem by our experiential life From our past, almost all of our problems hinge upon people focusing on the past. And almost all of our anxiety and our worry hinge on tomorrow. If you will just learn to live in the now, most of your problems can be handled. And if you can learn to live in the now, most of your anxiety and fear will disappear. That's why God told us, live in the now. You can't erase the past and you can't secure tomorrow. Only he can. We, we're finite. And we are stuck in the moment that we are in right now. And I see so many people, especially today, paralyzed by fear about what will happen tomorrow. And they're missing out on some great things going on right now. Come on, live in the now. Father, I pray for each one that's watching this right now. I pray, Lord, that you would begin to so surround them with your presence and your love and your goodness that they would feel such an abiding sense of you with them right now that the worry about tomorrow would disappear. Lord, there are things. I don't want to ignore those, Father, and diminish those. There are things that we don't know. We don't know how you're going to take care of us. We don't know what provision will be made. There are people whose businesses are being greatly affected. I'm not diminishing that in any way, but they can't control that. I pray, Father, that they wouldn't miss out on the blessings that are all around them right now, in the now, for for fear and for worry about what will come tomorrow. And others are bound up, Lord. The problems in their life are because of the way they are interpreting What's going on today because of what happened yesterday? Set us free, Father, to be all that you've called us to be and to accomplish all that you have accomplished to be and to accomplish by living right now in this moment to the fullest of our ability. Thank you, Father, that you are with us right now. And you have secured and made provisions for all of our eternal tomorrows. Only you can. We thank you for it. We thank you for your word that brings clarity. 
Thank you, Lord, for each one of these that have spent time with us this morning. Bless them, keep them safe, watch over them as only you can. In the powerful name of Jesus, amen. Hey, this has been good. Thank you so much for joining us for our Wednesday morning service. We'll be back here tonight uh, studying 1 John chapter 19, or chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, verses 19 through 24. Uh, it is a great study. I would strongly encourage you to join me back here at 7 o'clock. We'll have a great time in God's Word, digging deep, digging deep. If you like to dig deep in God's Word, Wednesday nights are for you, 7 o'clock. And if you haven't already signed up uh, in Pastor Roy's Bible reading group, I would strongly encourage you to do so. Hey, remember our children's service, uh, 10 o'clock, those videos will be released. I think it, earlier than that, 9.30, they're posted. You can let your kids watch and then join us back here on Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. for our time in worship and the word. God bless you. Have a great rest of your evening. Remember, God's given you today. Don't miss out on it by worrying about yesterday or being anxious and fearful about tomorrow. God bless you. Have a great rest of your evening. We'll see you back here soon. Bye-bye.